Welcome to the Old Souls and Seekers podcast brought to you by Satori Prime. If you're anything like us, you've been around and around the personal development and mindset block quite a few times. You've read the books, watched the videos, attended the seminars, and even worked with a coach or two, and yet you still find yourself searching for more. You may even feel stuck or that you should be farther along than where you are right now. And after doing over a decade of mindset work, we've come to this realization. Mindset work is like a small hit of dopamine that distracts you from your true work. You get these little hits of feeling better only to be met with the same underlying conditions and patterns over and over again. Now, mindset was an important part of your evolution as well as ours, but it hits a plateau and now you find yourself ready for that deeper layer of growth and expansion. If you're listening to this podcast, then you're ready to get off that Ferris wheel. This podcast is only for those that are ready to dive deep and do the real inner healing work. For those that are ready to move past more information into actual experiences. If you're looking for more understanding, then you've come to the wrong place. This is a home for old souls ready to fully embrace and remember who they truly are. Ready to make a profound difference in their lives and in the lives of others. So welcome home, dear one. We're excited to be part of your journey. So, you know, inevitably, as we, we succumb to a new year, uh, we got to talk about, you know, what, what changes, you know, if any, are there that, that we want to make as individuals, as community, um, you know, what can we look at this year? And then, you know, besides just looking at, what changes can we make? Like, how are we going to predictably look at this upcoming year and think to ourselves that, um, you know, this year is not going to be like previous years. We're going to see some changes. We're going to hold ourselves accountable. And so, um, I call it defining purpose, but honestly it could be just as easily pick any word there. The fight feels good for you. It could be finding peace or finding stability. It could be finding workability this year or, um, finding confidence, like you guys throw out some words for you. Like, what is it? What is it in this up, upcoming year? Hey, Veronique, what is this in this upcoming year that you really, really desire? And it's not like, I think for most people, they feel like if they don't absolutely claim something within a year, it's a total loss. I disagree with that. I feel like it's more like, what are you working on? Right? Because if if when we're on a, on a path of discovery, when we're on a path of learning and education, uh, the only thing that truly I find makes anything valuable to walk down any sort of path or journey, Elon, you can correct me if you feel differently about it, um, is, is the absolute, I mean, is the actual process of mastery itself. You know, like Elon is, uh, he talks about it, but you probably don't understand. Elon's a hardcore tennis enthusiast to say the least. Uh, if he, uh, if he could go back and do one thing in his life, he probably would have played tennis a lot earlier and actually tried to, and actually tried to become a professional, you know, he's, 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 uh, he's, uh, Elon, I was going to say he's no spring chicken, but at, at 41 years old, he's pretty, he's pretty springy and he's pretty chickeny, um, <laughs> you know, like, like most people would be, that's, that's the nicest thing anyone's ever said to me. <laughs> yeah. I think most people would be very enthusiastic to have the level of activity, um, the level of fitness that Elon has. Elon, how many week, How many days a week do you play tennis? Uh, at least five. At least five. So, and how long every day? 
Uh, usually like anywhere between an hour and a half to two hours. Okay, so let's say on a on a bad week you play probably like eight eight hours. On a good week you play ten hours. 10, so that yeah. so so he's playing thirty six to forty hours of tennis monthly. Again, just to put that in perspective, anybody who's doing that is trying to master the game. Yeah, to the best that they can at their level of age and fitness and. You know, all the other things that come into play, obviously, he's not a 19-year-old yeah. who can, like, run into a wall, sprain his knee, and be back up, like, two weeks later. Like, that's yeah. probably not going to happen anymore. But um, but at the same time, like, that's that's his level of dedication to it. Now, I would tell you guys that mine and Elon's dedication to our personal growth is at that or exceeding that for 20 years straight now. Definitely exceeding that. <laughs> yeah. Yeah. So, like, the, the amount of time we invest and i and i I hesitate to call it self-improvement because it's not about improvement necessarily for us anymore in the beginning it feels that way like i think that's maybe an appropriate word from from where a person looks at themselves with a limited point of view but eventually like where we are now it's like how much can we surrender to and accept we've kind of gotten to this point where we're not not really trying to get a stranglehold on life we're not trying to like have so much control that reality bends to our will. We've kind of gotten to this point where we recognize like life is unfolding. It's arising. Sometimes it's really fucking challenging. Sometimes it's the most beautiful psychedelic fucking experience you can ever imagine and everything in between. And the only suffering that comes into our lives at any level is self-created and is often based on some perception that we have. And that perception is coming from some, big T or small T trauma from our past. So if we want peace, stability, confidence, uh, power, self-expression, then we want to be able to learn how to stabilize our system, regulate our nervous system, be able to, as best as we can, have reflections on where we're creating or making up meaning and where we can really get back to just feeling like, okay, you know, so I'm resourced, I'm stable in my system, let me take another look. And every time we take another look, reality's already changed based on how we've changed. And so, and again, this is progress, right? <laughs> From 20 years of trying to stranglehold everything. Oh, we got to manifest what we want and doing all that. And I think there's value in all that to just like, just acceptance. Yeah. Can I, can I just say that? So it's interesting you bring up the, uh, the tennis analogy. So um, I was playing with my, my best friend. So guy knows him. Uh, was here for the week and we basically both started playing at at the same time and over the last you know year and a half or so I've obviously been in Florida so whereas before in New York you know six months out of the year maybe we're outside and then the next six months you're inside but like if in New York I was playing three times a week maybe four times a week um, once winter hit you know I'm down to maybe like once a week maybe once every two weeks right so there was like a lot less. And so he's kind of been on that thing and I've been here. And other things that I've realized is guy was talking about our dedication to spirituality and personal development. You know, I honestly don't remember how long ago it was that we didn't have a coach. It must have been, I, I don't know. I, I think over our 20 year span, there may have been three years in that 20 years that we didn't have a mentor or a coach that, that we worked with. And so when I got here 
I'd always taken a lesson like once in a blue moon, right? It's like, ah, but I had a tennis ball machine so I can go out with a tennis ball machine. Like that was a level of dedication that I had. And then uh, last year for a new year's resolution, I was like, you know what? I'm going to hire a coach. I'm going to play with a coach every single week. Now, again, we miss a few, he misses a few, whatever, but like there's a standing, right? Like weekly thing. And sometimes we have to skip it. So between that now playing five days, days a week, you know, my buddy came and honestly, it's like, he was like, you're killing me. And he was like, your ball just like the way it bounces and it comes to me. I was like, well, you know, I hit faster, has more spin, et cetera. And as you were talking, I was laughing because I was thinking to myself, you know what? It's like, we all have tools that are sufficient for what I would say is probably like 90, maybe even 95% of what comes to us in life. Because throughout life, we found a certain level of comfort. We, you know, uh, we stay in certain relationships. We have certain jobs. And even though they're not like growth expanding, mind expanding, et cetera, we do them because we're comfortable. Like we know how to play that level of game. And what I've learned is that as I play better and better players in tennis, like they hit faster, they move faster, they, 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 they challenge me. And when I first start, they make me very uncomfortable in the same way that I made my friend very uncomfortable when we were playing. And then you have to learn new tools and new skills to be able to play now at that level. And so when I think Guy and I now, like I would say the approach that we have to work is we've realized that after having done this for over 20 years, that life is not going to stop coming at you. It's just not. And I don't know if any of you guys have gotten to that place. If you have, please let me know how you got there. But my, my, <laughs> what I've seen from, from everyone that I talked to and everyone that we've coached, it's like life just keeps coming. You know, uh, I think everything that happened with COVID obviously sent the whole world into upheaval. Um, no one knows what's going to happen, you know, with their, with their job or their relationship or their health. Like everything is just constantly in this state of flux. What Guy and I have gotten exceptionally dedicated to is to realize that the external stuff that's going to keep happening is going to keep happening. Yes. Our relationship to it, the way that we respond to it, and I want to make a big distinction here is there's two ways that, that we can look at the response. There's the mental response to the situation. And we spent 15 years working on that, right? That's like, what's the story that I'm telling myself about this, this circumstance? What's the story that I'm telling myself about myself in this circumstance or about that person in this circumstance? And depending on that story, that's going to create a very real reality for you. Okay. And the next level of that is it doesn't matter how much you change the story or how much you reframe it or say it in another way. There's this whole other thing that's responding and that is your nervous system and your nervous system and its response is irrelevant from the stories that you say to yourself. It, yeah. it doesn't care. Like it's just, 
it's having its own response. It's like, I want you almost two entities. There's an entity responding to the story and there's an entity just responding to the energy of what's happening. Yeah, it's a different different language. Yeah, and we have become uh, dedicated to mastering the second part. We did the first one for the first 15 years and over the last, I'd say six years, that's where we've spent so much of of our uh, profits, you know, relearn like on and experiences and teachers and et cetera to, to keep growing this so that we can share it with others. And more importantly, so that we can have the stability within ourselves. And the stability is something that, you know, when, when I was listening to people share uh, over the last few weeks or whatever, like what it is that they want to create for, for their new year. And it doesn't matter like what the story that they tell me is underneath all of that. What I kept hearing from everyone is I want more peace. People just want peace. People want ease. Like they want more money in their job. Why? Because they feel like that's going to give them more relaxation and more ease. Right. They want to handle their health. Why? Because they don't want to be constant in a constant state of like, worrying or figuring it out and peace is something that can only come from within it cannot come from you reframing and telling yourselves different stories and so when we talk about like the level of work that we are committed to for ourselves and for others it all stems from this place of life is going to keep coming at you just like, you know, a tennis ball. And sometimes mm-hmm. the tennis ball comes out really, really fast. And it's like, if you only have one way of handling it, that thing is going to throw you off balance. And when you get thrown off balance, all these, there's all these other domino effects, right? Like people get diseases when their body is overstressed. And stress, I know, is like a word that gets thrown around, but like there's actual stress response in the body. An energetic response, right? When a body's like overcharged, it is going into shutdown mode. And if you don't know how to regulate it down and bring it back to a level of homeostasis and peace, you are going to be a battering, uh, a punching bag for, for life. So all these tools and all these skills are really there because if you can respond from places of peace, well-being, connection versus fear, lack, scarcity, uh, terror, confusion, right? Where most people, if you think about like most people, this is where they operate from constantly. And then they wonder why their life keeps showing up a certain way is because there's the energy behind that action and behind the response. And if the energy behind the response is lack, scarcity, fear, terror, whatever it might be, you're just going to keep creating more and more and more of that. And then guess what? Life comes at you faster and faster and faster. And if it's the only tool you got, you're going to get hammered. Yeah. Sorry, was there more? No. Yeah, and I, and I and I love this because it's like what I hear and what Elon's saying is like don't don't be afraid to retool, 
like Elon and I spent 15 years in the mindset world. We, we coached endlessly thousands of people very successfully and watch a lot of people gain a ton of performance, heal relationships. I mean, the stuff works like without a doubt, like if any, of, any of you guys who are like, that's what I want to take care of this year. Then you want to jump into our level one program because it's going to, it's going to teach you that. Now, now I want you to understand when you do a program again, it's like do something not with, because I got to solve every one of my life problems in the next 30 days or nothing is successful. It's like, get on that path because you, you want to master yourself. All right, we're talking here about mastery. Like what could be more important than mastering the self? The way that you react and respond to life. Most people are not responding. They're reacting to life, to your relationships, to when money challenges happen, to when health challenges happen, is going to determine the quality of your life. Done. Like flat out, right? And even so after 15 years of doing that, Yelena and I, when you do something for a long time, you realize, okay, like here's what's really good at. Here are the limitations of that. And then we went on this whole other path of a completely different lineage of mastery, which like everything else, when you master one thing and then you start mastering something else, you start realizing that they mesh with each other. There's an amazing book um, called The Art of Learning mm. by, uh, by uh, Josh. What's his last name? Whiteskin. Yeah, Josh Whiteskin, who was the, the youngest chess master in the world ever. And the book is about not just his chess life, but some things that he mastered after. And my favorite part of the whole book is how he talks about ma how mastering chess helped him master, which was really a martial arts that he became the first winner from the West of um, ever. And how chess taught him how to master this thing. Like the, the lessons were the same. And that's the thing with mastery. It doesn't matter what you choose to master in this world. Like Elon's using tennis. Trust me, for anybody who plays tennis, and I used to play with Elon quite a bit, it's a very mental game that your reaction on the court will determine whether or not you win the game. There's skill involved without a doubt. And then there's also like, you could be the most skilled player, but if you get too stressed out and get in your head, your skills go right out the window. Like you just, you suck terribly. And there's yes. actually a very famous book called the inner game of tennis that speaks directly to this, which is basically a book on spirituality, just using tennis as the vehicle. Right. So, you know, in, in every one of these situations, that's what we want to look at. And that's where you want to really think to yourself. It's like, not what do I have to create a, between January and February? I'm out of health. Well, I got to get myself in health. Well, here's the thing. Guess what? In order to be healthy for the rest of your life, right? Like Elon's a very active person, healthy. I am too. You know, we're both right around 40 years old. Best shape of our lives right now. I'm the most flexible I've been probably since I before I was a teenager right now. Um, you know, lowest, you know, body weight, fat, fat, I've whatever, right? Like we're, we're in very good shape, but again, like I've been working out since I was 14 years old. There's a lot of stuff I've mastered about the process of getting my body to like its peak form that I know that when I do those things, I will get there, right? Mastery, health, relationships, communication, mastery. So just to throw this out, this question to the community who's, who's listening right now, to those who will watch it later or listen to this later, is what do you want to master this year? What do you want to master this year? Okay, so why don't you guys write in the chat box, like, here's what I want to master this year. Like, and it's okay to claim it and not have it. It's okay to even claim it and then not do it. Okay, it's okay to claim it and then not do it and then get disappointed. And guess what? If you do that, the disappointment, if you respond to it will teach you how to master that thing <laughs> so it's like whatever whatever however it unfolds for you is how it unfolds for you people get really rigid 
around these agreements they make with themselves, right? In New Year's, we say we resolve to have these new things. I make my New Year's resolution. But here's the thing. The person you were on December 31st is the same person that woke up on January 1st for the most part. Something magical didn't happen when midnight struck that they're like the inspiration is here now and you are, you know, um, Cinderella heading for the ball. Like I'm a new person. It it doesn't work that way. You woke up with pretty much the same skills the next day. So the only difference that you can make is what is it that I want to master this year? And then what are the actual steps that somebody takes when they master? Well, I'm going to tell you what they are. Okay. You want to look at life as a game. And in order to play a game, what, what are the things that we have to know about a game in order to play the game and enjoy it? Well, the first thing is, is you got to know the rules, okay? If I'm going to tackle my health, I need to know the rule that if I eat a fuck ton of sugar, I'm not going to be healthy. <laughs> like, you know, that, that is not going to be part of my protocol because then if I continue to do that, I'm going to continue to see ill health, right? And then you got to understand like what, what produces wins and losses, Okay. And then the other thing is about every game and anybody who's mastered anything, what's the final thing that they always have? What does every sports team have? And if they get the right one can make the difference between being a terrible team and being an amazing team. And I could tell you, Elon and I are longtime New York giant, big blue fans. And, and our team often goes through very long periods of time of being very shitty. And then once in a while, we, we just, we, Mm, we hit our stride and, and like some magic happens and it's very fun to watch. And, and yeah, somebody said it, a coach. So this year, the New York Giants got this incredible coach and lo and behold, we haven't been able to win anything for like seven years. And this year, suddenly we look like a top contender in the league. One year with the right coach. One year. One year with the right coach, with the right attitude, holding people to their agreements. Same players, by the way. <laughs> Even worse players. Both the same players. Some of them are even worse than before. But like, that's it. And like Elon said, right? He, he, like Elon, we have a friend who's also a very, very good tennis player. I've watched Elon play this person. I've watched Elon get crushed. And just this year, Elon can now easily defeat this human being that I always assumed was a very good player. And I haven't seen Elon play tennis in a few years. And I'm like, damn, that's incredible that you're beating that person. And what did Elon do? Last year he committed. He said, hey, I'm going to work with somebody regularly. And and Elon will tell you, I mean, like he tells me little stories here and there. It's never the big things. Never the big things. I remember Elon told me one time a story. He was like, hitting a shot or like a serve. I don't remember quite what it was. And the guy is like, come here, come here. And he like took his racket and he turned it like a quarter of an inch inward. He said, hit it like that. And Elon started hitting it with the racket just turned a quarter of an inch and boom, just starts nailing this shot, right? Like this little thing. But this way or that way, Elon still has to, like the coach made him aware of that. And then Elon has to develop that in his awareness so that it becomes automatic. And that's why it's called life coaching, because we are looking at life and we're looking at the nuanced things. And because Elon and I have coached so many people and done our inner work for 20 years, trust me, mastery is the craft of nuance. Yeah, It's a subtle art. And so when you're looking at a person's problem, or something that they're dealing with, and you go to your friends, they're always looking, they're generally speaking, looking at top layer and assessing it based on what they know. And generally speaking, you pick your friends because they have the same psychology as you, somewhat of a same upbringing as you. And so it's like the way they problem solve is pretty similar to you. 
There's not a lot of outside the box thinking happening there. And they're probably not looking at, oh, they're responding to this because they're feeling defensive. Underneath that is this trauma and underneath that is this things that happen with their parents. And then their ener energy sitting here and their psychology is over there. Like they're not looking at all those like little micro things where when Elon and I look at it, we are, we're like looking all the way down the layers and we're going here. If they just put awareness right here and sit with that for the next two weeks, all that's going to change and it will never appear the same way again. And that's what a coach does. They don't necessarily teach you, but they just point at where your awareness needs to be focused now to get to that next step. And it's that over and over and over again about these little nuanced things over a period of time that generates the experience of mastery. And that's what our programs are all about. They're about taking the subtle world of your consciousness, awareness, uh, and energetics and bringing it to the forefront of your awareness so that you can see what is actually driving the ship. And like I like we said at the beginning of this, it's not going to change the way that life is arising. Tragedy may strike today. Gold may strike today. Anything could happen today. But the only thing that's going to predicate what happens after that thing happens and the quality of the relationships, health, and circumstances that arise from that event will be the way that you choose to respond to it. And most people are, are stuck in reactivity and they can't help themselves. They're, they're literally in a hijacked state. And so we want to pacify that and bring a person out of that hijacking, out of the uh, sympathetic nervous system response and bring you to a parasympathetic response. Because until you're there, it's nearly impossible to stabilize. It's nearly impossible to resource and it's impossible to see things in a new way. Okay, and, that, and that's really what's here. So I haven't read through uh, what everybody's saying here, but this is what I want to offer you guys is whatever it is that you say that you want in your life this year, dedicate yourself to being a master of that. And then find somebody who you know that is proficient at that, whether it's us or somebody else that you feel like you can elicit trust with. And, you know, because at the end of the day, Elon and I can't help you if you're not coachable. And if you're not open to our ideas and our processes that we take people through, if you're like, hey, I don't like these two guys in the way that they look, doesn't matter. We could be a, a fucking walking Buddhas. You won't you won't see it and you're not going to you're not going to take what we have to offer. Right. So there has to be that feeling of like, these are my people and I'm going to and I'm going to listen here in a way I haven't listened before so that I can elicit a new response from my consciousness that I've also never had before. And, and here's the last thing I'll say is no matter what you choose to take on, this is, this is me included, fear is going to arise. Mm -hmm. Fear is a, a very, very important part of life. People assume that when they feel afraid, it's telling them that they don't want to do that thing. But oftentimes the things we're most afraid of is a thing we really desire, but we're too afraid to go after. And so fear can also be something that really indicates to you what you do want. Like, you know, if you lose a loved one, there's a lot of fear there, right? Like what happens if they go away? Fear uh, will tell you, I want this person next to you very quickly, right? Well, that, that's like heartbreak at its ultimate, right? When you're like, oh my God, I've lost this person and not around me. And that, that fear that comes up is so, so real. And so you got to know, like, if you're, <laughs> this is what's always funny. Like people come to, uh, we have conversations with people about our programs and then they want to do it like they're like an absolute yes. And they get to the point where they have to enroll, right? Make a financial and time commitment. 
And there's always that point of resistance every single time, every single time. I've, I've never seen it not be that way. Why? Because suddenly you are staring down the barrel of the unknown. And you really don't know what's on the opposite end of that. Like you may have lived your life 30, 40, 50 years in the exact same way. And so maybe you don't like your life in how it's turned out. And, but there's predictability to it. And to your brain, that's what the brain calls safety. Oh, okay. Well, I know I'm, a, I know they're going to, you know, this is going to happen. They're going to be a, a dick or, you know, it's not going to work out the way. Then I'm going to overreact and blah, blah, blah. And you may not like any of that stuff, but it's predictable. And so your brain goes, well, if it's predictable, it's safe. We survived it before. We'll survive it again. Yeah. And that's, and that's the, what you got to rub up against in your life. And same thing when you're looking at our programs, like we know right before you say yes, you're actually going to be pretty, probably most likely pretty afraid. And we want to listen the confidence in you going like, Hey, you know what? If you take that step, we know it's scary. And what's waiting for you on the other end is the life that you said that you want. But this is the path towards that level of mastery so that no matter what you're looking at, your finances, your health, your relationships, your spirituality, so on and so forth, we're going to reset the foundation so that you can step into that with so much more confidence than you've ever had before. And you guys have to realize if you don't take new action in accordance to what it is that you want in your life, nothing is going to change. God is not going to part the sky and hand you the thing. There's no lottery ticket waiting for you at the end of the rainbow. It's not how life works. Life meets the bold. God, you're like it, it, it mirrors your energy. And so if you're stuck in the same energy and you're stuck in the same psychology, then chances are for better or worse or whatever, your life is going to look a lot the same over the next few months and in the coming year than it did last year and the year before and the year before and the year before and the year before in that area of your life. And if you really want to make a change, it's the only thing that we've ever seen that works for people is you got to have a game, you got to know the rules and you got to have somebody who can, who's walked that path before you and can say, Hey, did you look over there? Hey, did you notice that? And that is how we get transformation to move very quickly for people. And they, the thing is like, how many of you guys have been in our programs for a long time and you'll show up on a call with us and we say something to you and you've heard us say it like a hundred times or a thousand times. And you're like, Oh my God, like, how did I forget that? Or, you know, thank you for the reminder or whatever it might be. This, uh, I was just talking to people who graduated L1, uh, right before we got on this call and, um, beautiful woman just kept saying, um, you know, I, I'm, I'm not perfect. Like I'm, I'm working on it and I'm not perfect. And I was like, you know what? I've been doing this for over 20 years and I'm not perfect. And even back to the tennis analogy, I had a tennis lesson today with my coach and we've been working on something very, very simple, which is like when you finish your stroke, just like end with your elbow up here. Right now, my habit has been, I swing and I end here. So he says to me today, he's like, what are you doing wrong? I was like, I'm not, I'm not putting my elbow up. He goes, he goes, how are you not putting your elbow up? And I was like, I'm like the old habit is the old habit. Right. And like that, the, the body just wants to do the default thing over and over. He goes, I honestly feel like you're doing this on purpose. I was like, oh, I'm not doing this on purpose. It's just so habitual that I need someone on the other side of the net to constantly be like, 
elbow up, elbow up, elbow up, right? And to constantly reflect that back to me because we do things on autopilot 99% of the time. Unless you're like actually working on your mindset and, and you're doing the energetic somatic work, like you're on autopilot. That I mean, look around. Everyone's just on autopilot. And so to have someone there that can just point back to you and go, look here, look here, look mm -hmm. here, look here, lovingly, right? Like we have no expectation of someone hearing something once and doing that. That's ridiculous. We all know how to have great relationships, right? Like if you're loving to people, if you're kind to people, if you forgive people, you're going to have awesome relationships. Knowing that doesn't make any lick of a difference. Uh, one second. I don't hear her now, but I did before. Yeah, she, she, she was just nearby as the door opened. Um, I'm going to so. try, but it, it has been turning it off, so... Yeah, I haven't been having that error recently, so good to not a shuttle. No. Okay. Can you hear me? Yeah. Okay, cool. Um, and so I just want to offer that like wherever you are, having someone to reflect back to you a million times, if that's what it takes. That's what it takes. <laughs> Thinking that you're supposed to have something because you heard it once or read it in a book once or saw it in a video once. And then like you're doing it again. You're going, Oh my God, like I, I should know better mm -mm. guy. You've been, you know, I've been playing tennis for 12 years. So over the last six months, right? Like we're, we're working on this new stroke, what you've been doing, you've been doing since you were probably three years old. So take however many decades you are beyond three years old. That's how many decades you've been doing this thing. This notion that you can wake up one day and go, you know what? I'm done doing that in my life. Bullshit. <laughs> Maybe you have an intention of being done doing that in your life, but you're going to be doing that for quite some time. And there's layers to, to that doing or that being. It does, it's not just this like thing that, that you undo and it happens, right? There's the layer here and then there's... 70 other ones that you can't even see right now because what you're dealing with is this layer. So it's really, really important in whatever it is that you are going to master. To me, I think one of the biggest things that I notice between myself and other people, whether it's in tennis or like, I, I, I love to master things. So like whether it was tennis or bowling or DJing or personal development, spirituality, whatever it is, like I love or I fall in love with the process of the practice of the mastery. And that doesn't happen when I first start. When I first start, I hate sucking at things. Like my, my, one of my core things is this belief that I'm a loser, right? So anything that I wasn't good at, I would just stop. I'd said to someone, even this, this past New Year's, I said, Satori Prime was probably the first thing ever in my life 
that I started and sucked at for a long, long time before it produced any results and I still stuck with it. You're going to suck at anything that you do in the beginning because it's going to be new. And if that takes you out of the game or has historically taken you out of the game and whatever it is that you've done, then you cannot possibly be on the road of mastery. Everyone sucks at the beginning of their road of mastery. The only way to sustain yourself in something long enough is to fall in love with the micro wins. And I mean like micro wins. And with personal development, we say this to our clients all the time. If you're only going to be looking for these big aha, earth shattering breakthrough moments, either in your relationships, your finances, your health, or whatever it is, you're not going to stay in it long enough. You know, when I meditate to this day, like I'll sit in meditation and what I'm aware of is like, what's new here now? Is there some new sensation that I'm sensing? Is there more connection that I'm getting with, with myself and the other person? Is that whatever it is? Cause that's the stuff that keeps getting me excited. Cause I, I see that there's this constant shift and change. But if every time I was looking for this like big win, every single time I sat down, I'd be very disappointed most of the time. So whatever it is that you are going to take on, right? Say relationships is something that, I, that I've seen a bunch and the people I was just on a call with as well. It's like, how many of you guys would agree that in your relationships, whether you're intimate, with your kids, with your family, whatever it might be, if you were to rate yourself on a moment by moment basis, that you would give yourself a lower score more often than you would a higher score. Like you perform under what you think you're capable of, let's say, in a relationship more than you wow yourself in a relationship in the way you show up, right? Like maybe you wow yourself like once out of whatever, 50 times, right? Most of the time you're like, oh God, I could have done that better. Like, why did I do that? Blah, blah. Notice it's like this thing that we do. If that's the way that you're going to be about whatever it is that you're tackling, how much motivation is in that if you're just constantly berating yourself? You have to find a way to expand the way that you view both yourself, other, and circumstances to start seeing the nano shifts that you're creating. And even if that nano shift is, you know what? In this moment, historically, I would have had this thought and instead I shifted it to this one. Or I would have wanted to respond this way and instead I just sat in peace. Or I didn't respond. Not even sat in peace, I just didn't respond. Right, like that's a win. That's something new. Yesterday, for example, you know, out of a bunch of these newness things, like we were kind of talking about New Year's. We wanted to do something as a family. We have this like cool adventure book. We, we decided we we're going to do this adventure book. But I had asked um, 
or Shai had asked me to watch the, the football game at night because they didn't have school today. So I was like, yeah, sure. So we decided that we we're going to do this adventure thing. Shai and I totally lost t- track of time and the game was starting and we were like, we're going to watch football and Aaliyah got really, really upset. Now, historically, this is how Elon would have responded. Historically, Elon would have been like, listen, life is challenging sometimes. You don't always get what you want. Like she's going to be upset. It just kind of is, right? But now I'm like, okay, I can actually feel her upset, right? Like I can feel in her system. I could feel it was, it was, it was more, it wasn't like a sad of like, terribly sad. It was just this like disappointment that I could feel. So I went upstairs into her room and I, I wasn't going to try to talk her out of being disappointed or even explain to her like what was happening. I was just like, you know what? I'm just going to go there. And so I went into her room and I just literally held her. And I was like, I can feel that you're disappointed. And I was like on a scale of, you know, zero to 10, like, how, how disappointed are you? Right. And she was like, she was like, and I was like, because I could see like this little smirk on her. I was like, I don't know. It feels more like a six and a half. So <laughs> she starts cracking up this and that, whatever. So we're lying there and I was like, Hey, listen, you know, here's, here's what I see, what happened. Da, 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 da. And She's not a, she hasn't been historically amazing at compromising. Like Aaliyah's like, she wants something. She goes and makes something happen. Like she has no other way. And she was like, well, what if you guys turned on the game downstairs and we just do the adventure? And when you're not doing the adventure, like you can watch the game. It'll be in the background. And I was like, you'd be okay with that. And she's like, yeah, I was like, well, let's do that. That sounds awesome. And so we went downstairs and we had to, we got to do the adventure thing. We got to watch the game. It was great. And it was all because of all of those micro baby steps that I've taken over the last four years, right? Of learning to feel her system and learning to understand like what is what and how I can show up for her in a way where I can like hold her while having that experience, right? And not squashing it or throwing my stuff onto it. All of that stuff. Do you know how many times I massively failed and did terribly in in showing up for her over the last four years? I can't even count. I can't even count. And then I learned through that process of, you know, wait, every time if I'm shaming myself or beating myself up or putting myself into this guilt of every time that I couldn't show up for her, that actually creates more of that loop. Right. So then I had to deal with that. And then someone told me this great reminder. It's like, you know what? With kids, the beauty is you always have another chance. Mm-hmm. There's always another moment coming where you're going to have another chance. And I was like, that's so true. You know, it's not this one and done thing. And so, yeah, I had a chance yesterday and it like, it was a huge win. It was amazing. But if I, if I got disappointed or if I stopped at any one of the thousands of times leading up to that, that would have never happened. Mastery is a long game. It's a long game. Like you have to know that you are in it for the long haul. And you know what? I'm probably going to mess up thousands more times with her. 
And it's not even mess ups. It's just interactions that I get to learn and grow from. Okay. Whatever it is that you are up to, if you don't have someone by your side to point to and, and just give you that little tweak that, so that next time you can alter this, try this, experience that, whatever it is, this is not a useful coach for you. It's just not. We rely on it all the time, but this is not a useful coach. This is the thing that's creating all those things. It has no, it can't separate itself from you and all of the stories and your reality. Like it just can't. And you need to have that second, third party view to just highlight certain things and then just keep taking steps. Yeah. I mean, I was going to say, just keep using tennis analogies, even Federer or the best tennis players in the world still fault on their serves, still hit outside the lines. Like there's, there's no perfection as a, you know, we, we've all grown up with that practice makes perfect, but that's absolutely nonsense. And, and, and just, just on, on that. And this is again, something that I've had to learn, right? Like, if you ever watch a professional a professional athlete mess up, right? Like they double fault or they hit a ball, like an important ball out or someone shooting hoops and they miss a free throw or whatever it is, you will rarely, and I mean rarely, see a player start to beat themselves up. Rarely. What do they do? They turn around, they grab the next ball and they're right. They're just doing it again. Like, it's very rare to see a professional athlete lose it on themselves. Now you go watch rec players play and you will hear all sorts of yelling and screaming at them, at, at the person, like at themselves, right? Because what they have realized is that that is part of the game. Part of the game is the not hitting the perfect shot every time. Like this notion that it has to be perfect all the time is insane. Yeah. It's insane. It actually makes you not play. Yeah. And, and, and I think that line again, that practice makes perfect. Well, a lot of people are practicing things that are far from the right things. Yes. Like you can, you can go outside and shoot hoops all day long and build a terrible habit of how you throw the ball or how you communicate with somebody, right? You can build these habits. That that practice does not make for perfect or even for mastery because it's the wrong practice. So, you know, an even more accurate statement would be like perfect practice makes perfect if there was such a thing, which there isn't, right? And so we're all in this game of constantly making adjustments. I think somebody once told us like, even when you, you know, like you're on a ship or you're like shooting, it's like life is about making small adjustments all the time. And like once in a while you hit the bullseye. Yes. But most of the time, it's adjustment, 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 bullseye, adjustment, adjustment, bullseye. And I find that growth is the same way. It's micro step, micro step, micro step, quantum leap. And like, and it the quantum catches you by surprise. It happens seemingly without effort, which is not true, right? Because you, you probably have done quite a bit to, to get there and practice quite a bit. But suddenly it's like you just wake up one day and it's like you woke up from a dream. And mm -hmm. the person you were who went to bed, you don't even remember why you thought that way, felt that way experience life that way but suddenly you just know yourself as somebody it's like you've just done just enough reps to like get it over the hump like i'm in this practice right now of where i put my awareness in my body in a very specific way it's kind of like a different activation points in my body 
I cannot even begin to tell you how many times a day I drop it and bring it back and drop mm -hmm. it and bring it back and drop it and bring it back. I mean, 50, 60, 70 times a day, maybe sometimes over 100 times a day where I catch myself. I don't sit there. But as I do the practice, I begin to sit there. So for those of you guys who've read Untethered Soul and you heard other teachers talk about the, the seat of awareness, the seat of awareness is your actual, it is who you are. It is who you are before you caked and layered on personality and identity and ego and all these kind of things on top of yourself. It's the, it's the consciousness that you were before you were a physical body. And it's the consciousness you will have after you leave this physical body. It's the part of you that doesn't die. What, what many ascribe to as the soul, right? We can just say it's the part of you that witnesses and will always witness to eternity. And so that is who you are. And to us, if there is a game to be played with spirituality is to locate and sit in that awareness as often as you can, because this awareness has no judgment. It is filled with compassion, brimming with love, and can just accept everything as it is. And then so life circumstances happen, but instead of getting stuck in dealing with challenges, the energy just moves through and you're like, you're just onto the next thing. It's like, it's like listening to music and then the next track plays and the next track plays and every track has an emotion and experience that comes with it. But when you're really present with music, that feeling, that vibrancy, how it awakens you and brings memories and experiences to you. That's what spirituality is like. But when we get stuck, said another way, our consciousness gets hijacked and gets pulled into this dense experience. That's where we get into trouble. And unfortunately, or fortunately, depending on how you look at our evolution, that's where most of humanity is. They're pulled in to what seems so real, like a dream they haven't woken up from. But then the only way that we've seen you can wake up from the dream is find the witness mm -hmm. and then, and then get reminders over and over again to go back to the witness. And what we're Elon and I are finding over time, it's like two songs are starting to blend together where the five senses, the identity and the ego that used to sit out here and dictate everything in our lives and have these very stubborn, rigid, narrow types of reality. Suddenly it's like, mm, it's loosened mm -hmm. and, it's getting to the, and it's getting to the point where we're sitting more and more in our witness and so we're not getting stuck in life so much into getting pulled into kind of like Elon said, a rec player who is yelling at themselves all the time for not constantly being the best performer ever or a master who's like, okay, and then that happened. And then I get to reset and do this one again as if nothing happened at all. That's what it is. That, that's what spirituality is. It's locating that empty space yeah. over and over and over again so that things can manifest and arise easily and most people are trying to manifest things with like everything in the space already and then they're like how come nothing new is happening it's like because you've already filled it all up yep with your ideas and your, your cup is too full cup's too full you got to empty your cup for manifestation to be fluid and work and easeful got to empty your cup so um you know before we we finish out i just want to remind you guys like if this conversation you're like oh my god this is what i'm looking for this is what i want to learn and, and we're your people, then you have a link above over here. It's m.me forward slash Satori Prime. If you click on that one, that will just take you to Messenger and you'll just start a conversation. Um, and the, you know, the chatbot will ask you a few questions, send you the information on how um, our process works. And then we're gonna ask you a very simple question. We're gonna tell you how our program is, what you need to invest, time, money, et cetera. And then we ask a very simple question at the end. Are you in? Are you out or you have more questions at that point in time? That's where one of our specialists will come in and have a conversation with you 
uh, directly. So just know that you know there is some automation there, but that just makes it easier for us to manage all the conversations that are coming through from email and messenger. And there's so many w- ways people communicate today. So just know that the first you know part of that conversation is uh, is automated. So um, yeah, I mean, look again. How many of you guys just want to commit to something in the chat box this year? Like, here's what I want. You may not know how to go get it yet. But at least do yourself the honor of naming it, even if it scares the shit out of you. And you don't have to do anything about it if you don't want to. But if you don't name what it is that you desire and you don't claim it, your mind will never get to work on how to create it. And many of us say we want it, but there's pain. So we don't. And it's like, okay, so realize sometimes when you say what you want, there's a there's a feeling that comes along with that that is actually unpleasant. And I want to recognize you want to recognize that that feeling is not new. And perhaps that feeling and the thoughts that are correlated to it are keeping you from getting or even taking steps towards the things that you want in your life. Now, anytime you want that thing, that pain threshold and discomfort is going to arise if that's your experience. And so wouldn't it be something if as part of your path to mastery, you became very intimate with that fear or that discomfort or that pain that arises when you say you want that thing. Maybe it's a partnership and you feel lonely when you think about a partnership. So you don't think about having a partner very often because you're like, well, then I just think about how I'm lonely. Well, guess what? You know what's keeping you from partnership? The fear around loneliness. And if you actually got intimate with it and got coaching around that and learned how to have compassion for yourself, just like a tennis player who fucked up with their serve, but learn to be compassionate with themselves when they do that, something becomes possible that wasn't possible before. Suddenly you can sit in loneliness. Suddenly you even start noticing, I enjoy loneliness. And suddenly you start taking actions to not be so lonely anymore. And guess what? When you do that, you find your partner. <laughs> like most most people find their partners when they give up finding on their partner. It's just how it works. But there is a, but you have to go through the uncomfortableness on the, the part that wasn't comfortable and the fear and the heartbreak and the loneliness. And suddenly you're like, you know, I'm good. I don't need anybody. And then what happens? They drop in. You emptied your cup. You created space. A person can come. You don't have your baggage because usually I'm lonely. Then you find somebody and you like, you're like, please don't leave me. And then of course that neediness and that energy makes their, their energy feel like it's being taken from them. And so they leave and you get the opposite of what you want. And so you're right back to where you were. Now, if you had actually dealt with that loneliness and transformed it and had a new relationship to it and had compassion for it, I promise you that's not going to happen. It's not how you would show up in that relationship next time. And suddenly you're going to feel this closeness you've never felt before. And they're going to feel this closeness that they've never felt before. And you're going to have these two whole people that can come together. And this is how we can change things. This is why we know that if you do this work, your circumstances will change to a degree, right? And then there's the unexpected stuff that unfolds in life that no one can control, not you, not Elon, not, not, not the greatest masters on planet Earth. Like even some of the greatest teachers have gotten sick and died. Can't control it. None of us know what, what are the design of our life is. And it'd be unfair to even know what that design is until it happened to us because that's part of this learning experience. I want to report again that the, the beauty, the passion, hopefully that you guys experience from Elon and myself is literally learning and how these mechanisms work so that we don't get hijacked by them. And so we can sit in quote unquote, our pure state, which is really just our awareness and consciousness without all the crap that's on top of it. And trust me, we're not perfect. 
fuck any teacher that tells you that they are. <laughs> yeah. <laughs> yeah. Run you know? away. Yeah. And, and like, we're right on a path along with each and every one of you getting a little bit better at our craft every single day. And it is for that reason that in almost every area of our life, if you were to sit down and ask us, like, what does it look like? We would tell you it's incredible. And it feels like a dream of how amazing pretty much every area of our life is across the board. And I know for a fact that it's on the back of this work because the person who I was when I was 19 years old and started doing personal development would have broken, sabotaged, mangled, created stress, anger, hostility in all these areas of my life. And I would have left them at the very least much more challenging and and way more broken than they are where now they're like fluid and beautiful and easy. And most of the time it's because I didn't do anything, but I would have done so much. Most of the time I would have done so much for my ego and identity, trying to grab control of everything, ultimately making everything harder. So again, if you want to begin walking this path or you want to advance yourself on this path, so it doesn't have to be that something is wrong in your life. You could be like, I just want to upgrade that. Like my relationships are great, but I know there's a whole other echelon. I'm doing great financially, but like, I want to go from 150 to $300,000 this year in income, or my health is good, you know, but like, I would love to see my six pack this year, you know, whatever it might be like that, this work can help you with anything because we're resetting the foundation of where you live your life from, where you view your life from, how you experience it. And that ultimately is what transformation is in my eyes. So again, if you want help with that, you want support with that m.me forward slash Satori prime, um, you can, you can either click on that link or just go to that link anytime and type in the word change. Um, and our team will have a conversation with you, send you the information, let you know how the program works, time and money investment, all the stuff that you want to know. And again, simply we'll ask you, are you in, are you out, or do you have more questions? If you have more questions, our specialists will happily support you in finding out how we can uh, help you get into this work and get the support from our community and uh, the coaching that Elon and I have been doing now for Hard to believe nearly 40 years combined. So um, happy new year, everybody. We love you very much. I think this is a really important conversation. One that I was like, we should send this out regularly when people are feeling down or, you know, not trusting in their own process or whatever it is. You know, we all need reminders, Elon and I included over and over again. Over always. And over, always. So love you all. I hope uh, you have an easeful year, a really beautiful year. Uh, I hope things on our planet, you know, come down a little bit from, from how uh, intense they've been over the last few years. Uh, and I really hope that you take steps in your life, regardless of what happens in the external reality, to bring stability, to bring energy and resource to yourself. And I promise you, whatever is happening out there will affect you so much less, if at all, when you find that inner stability within yourself. Guaranteed. Love you all. Click the link. Have a chat with our team. We'll talk to you next time. Peace, everybody. Thank you, dear one, for choosing to share a bit of your day with us. We value you greatly. And as a way to give back and help you to deepen these practices, we want to invite you to join our incredible community on Facebook. You can do so easily by going to joinoldsouls.com and ask for an invite. This is our private community where old souls and seekers are able to grow and share their journey with others. We hold exclusive weekly live streams, we answer your personal questions, and offer valuable insights that we won't be able to share here on the podcast. So again, just head to joinoldsouls.com 
www.thepeopleshow.com and grab your invite today. And as always, if you enjoy this podcast, please head to iTunes and leave us a review. It's the only way other people can find this show. So if it's making a difference in your life, please share the love. Until we meet again, have an amazing week, dear one.